Hi there, I'm Candace, and you are listening to the Farm Girl Life Podcast. Join me as I discuss what real life is like on our family farm located in the Pacific Northwest, what it means to be a female farmer, and what other women in ag are doing to make their mark in the agricultural industry. On this very first episode of the Farm Girl Life podcast, I talked with my mom about what we've been up to here on the farm during this month of April 2023, the cycle of daily farm life, and what it means to have a geriatric herd, and reminisce a bit about raising our dairy goats from birth. We'll also talk about our apple orchard and share some of the history of our grandfather who owned commercial apple orchards in Oregon. So here's her and I talking about all the things going on in our farm life. So today in this episode, I'm here with my mom, Janice, and I'm Candace. Everybody calls me Candy. And so you'll hear that a lot throughout our episodes. But um, today we're going to talk about um, and kind of catch you guys up on everything that we've been doing here at Repose Ranch. Happy Earth Day. Yeah, it's Earth Day today. It is. Happy (laughs) to be here on Repose Ranch with you. Absolutely. Happy to have you here. (laughs) And we have been celebrating Earth Day all the time, really. <laughs> we celebrate Earth Day every day, but I think this is a really special way to draw attention to all the conservation efforts uh, going on all around the world. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and it's very, um, very, a very huge effort mm-hmm. here in Washington State and in the Pacific Northwest, and it has been really since I was a little girl. But also for yes. you, we have celebrated Earth Day since you were little kids. Yes, always. We've you and always, your sister. Yeah, absolutely. We've always planted trees and always planted flowers and always, mm-hmm. you know, done something special for Earth Day. So, so all those years ago, mm-hmm. when uh, you planted your very first marigolds in a little pot, when we <laughs> oh lived gosh. in a townhouse <laughs> in a city. Yes. Did you ever think you'd be doing a farm like this and living on a farm? No. You know what? I I think I must have had it in there somewhere. But I Oh, I it's in the DNA for sure. Yeah. I didn't know that we'd be doing this, you this know, is, and doing what we do today. Yeah. It's just, it's just too special. It is. Yeah. So um, catch us up a little bit on, you know, what we've been doing um, this last month in the month of April here on the farm. Well, um, we've had some wonderful, wonderful times and some really challenging times. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some super happy times and yes. some really super sad times. <laughs> so, yeah, as it is the nature of the business. It is. We um, uh, lost one of our most beloved goats, one of your mm-hmm. precious little girls. Miss Tiger. Miss Tiger. And we do Miss Tiger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she um, was just the most loving little lady. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know uh, how loving and how puppy-like goats can be. Why don't you talk yeah. about that a little bit? You know, they can, if you raise them from babyhood and you bottle them and everything, they really become attached to uh, you or attached to us mm-hmm. as they're, they're human. And right. they can really be like dogs and just follow you around and call mm-hmm. for you and want to be with you. And I think that is, um, that's one of the things that we've loved most about raising goats. Yeah. I mean, there isn't anything that we don't love about goats. <laughs> and so what type of goats are we raising? We are raising alpine dairy goats. Right. And these are American alpines, not mm-hmm. French alpines. We did have one French alpine. We did. And we had a, a buck that he had a French alpine pretty close in his lines. But mm-hmm. um, we have American alpines. Right. And they tend to be um, larger yes. than the French alpines. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be some of them can be a little more long-legged, and then others mm-hmm. can be more uh, more big-bodied and big-boned. Right. And so that was Tiger's mother, Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a very large goat. And yes. Lily was, um, she was a beautiful uh, Claire. 
uh, two-tone chamoise. Okay, so who's... I have to get these names right. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger was actually a Claire because okay. she was tan with black. Okay. Well, now I need to go back and look at all <laughs> of the names because I'm not remembering how that goes. So um, good to clarify. And for those of you who um, raise dairy goats mm-hmm. and are involved in the ADGA program, you will know what we're talking about. Yes. And even though they're American, they have uh, French names for their based on their colors, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we use the French names uh, of their colors uh, for their registration. Right, to designate the, mm-hmm. their markings, and they really are beautiful. And so we should tell a little story about how Tiger was born. Yes, I mean, yes, she, we should. We... Um, do a, we spend a lot of time taming mm-hmm. and hand raising and bottle feeding. And if you don't, you're going to have a wild, crazy goat on your hands that's, <laughs> that's fearful of humans. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't want to come near you. So uh, Lily and Rosa were your foundational does. Mm-hmm. How many years ago? Uh, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. They were our foundational alpines. Right. And so you went and, and, and of course, the farm goes beyond that. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But uh, dad... And you chose a couple of little baby girls. And Mm -hmm. um, we got Lily first, and then we went back and got her sister when the lady decided if she was selling or not. And uh, she had already named them Lily and Rosa. Uh Uh-huh. They were um, literally eight weeks old. Right. Still on the bottle. So we bottle-fed them. Mm -hmm. So uh, Tiger's mama was bottle-fed and hand-raised by you. Yes. And she was... um, she was our only doe that was a tiny bit of a challenge. And, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people have yeah. opinions of goats that they're just bullies and they, you know, eat anything. They'll eat tin cans or, or cloth. or And this is not the case. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't but do any of that. <laughs> no. In fact, dairy goats are really a whole lot more finicky. And we can get more into the dairy goat side of things. But um, just to talk about Tiger a little bit, her mom, um, when she was carrying mm-hmm. uh uh, Tiger and her sister. Her sister is Tawny. Right. And we both named them uh, after Lily and their their sire, Tiger. Mm-hmm. So hence Tiger Lily and Tawny Day Lily. Yes. Um, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of the ADGA and name them and uh, look at their parentage, etc. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, we would spend a lot of time with Lily when she was pregnant, and they're pregnant for five months. Yeah. And uh, so we would stand with her when she ate, and we would mm-hmm. talk to the babies. And We would, and at about three months, you can really feel the babies moving. moving. Yes. And so we'd stand there and feed Mama, and then right. we would feel the babies and talk to them and talk to mama of course but yes. but just protect them too from the rest of the herd mm-hmm. when you know they all are hungry at feed time and want to get <laughs> right. into each other's bowls <laughs> so um mostly she would only eat hay but she did get some grain while she was pregnant yeah uh, almost having to force it you know with, with her because she mm-hmm. was not a sweet and treat girl she not just, ever yeah she was not into that so funny she'd never take a carrot She'd never take a peppermint. <laughs> no. She'd never take anything. Just wanted her hay. Yeah. But anyway, the day that she gave birth to uh, Tiger and Tawny, Tiger came out. Oh and my Born gosh. in our hands, yeah. she came out talking, she and did. hugging, <laughs> and snuggling, so and oh, we could not believe what we yeah. had on our hands. Um, she was just the most beautiful, black and tan, and. Mm-hmm. Um, the most loving little goat, I think. I mean, they all are. Yeah. But there was, I think, one of the most special things about Tiger is she just came out that way, clamoring to get into our arms, and literally from birth. Yes. She she mm-hmm. was really our most um, connected to us uh, mm-hmm. immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Very, very sweet little girl, her and Tawny both. And uh, one really special thing is we had bred Lily late. We weren't mm-hmm. really sure that we were going to let her um, right. go ahead. This was her last set of kids, and they were twin girls. Mm-hmm. And goats, babies are called kids, yes. for those not knowing that. So this was her last set of goat kids, and um, she had had a hard time, you know, 
nurturing those kids. Mm-hmm. She had had all boys mm-hmm. previously. Yes, twin boys previously. Mm-hmm. And so this was a real treat to have twin girls. <laughs> and um, we bred her late thinking, oh, do we really want to do this again yeah. with her, not wanting to risk her life right, and not wanting to put her through anything any further. But we went ahead and she actually kidded on my mother's, your grandmother's oh birthday on <laughs> September it was really, 9th. really special for us, yes. you know, to, um, in, in memory of her. Yes. And um, to have new life on that birthday is, on September is 9th. really amazing. Yes. So that was very, very special to have those little girls mm-hmm. born on my mom's birthday. Absolutely. And um, dad... Grandpa Johnson and mm-hmm. my mother all had birthdays in September, 7th, yeah. 8th, and 9th. Yep, that's the truth. Yes. And so um, it was just such a special gift, these little girls were. Very much so. And if you're into goats like we are, you know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Having those babies right into your hands and being able to raise them and hold them and love them oh. and bottle them. There, you know, there really isn't anything like it. Well, and to watch them respond back. Yeah. You know, they loved their mom too, their whole lives with mm-hmm. her. But um, we went ahead and bottle fed them. And so with all of that said, we knew the time would come. And Tiger was how old? So Tiger would have been 13 this September. This September. Mm -hmm. So she made it to 12 and a half, which is kind of an older age for a goat. But we have had her aunt go to 15. Yes. Rosa lived to 15. Mm -hmm. But losing Tiger was extra hard, I think, on you just because of the close relationship we all had with her every Mm -hmm. day. I mean, we really do with all of the goats. Yeah. But Tiger, um, the minute you would go out, she was always on your leg. Always wanted hugs. She was the one who would really walk around. If you imagine a sheep with their shepherd, Uh that was Tiger with her (laughs) goat herd. (laughs) Totally. She was always right on her leg and always would lift her head up and wanted her chin and her beard scratched. Yes. Yes. Girl Girl goats goats have beards. beards. (laughs) (laughs) But she just was... um, extra special in the way that she interacted with us. That's correct. And you'd have to really see that on a daily basis to know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But really, we just want to celebrate her life. And she's always in our hearts. Absolutely. We love her so much. And we always will. She Mm -hmm. gave us, um, well... She gave us Pearly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pearly is so adorable, and she just is Miss Fun-Loving. And She's the baby of the herd, yeah. and she was Tiger's only baby, and oh, my word, did the herd ever spoil her? And it's really fun to watch. They love her. They do. All the mamas gather around and mm-hmm. take care of little Pearl, and it was very hard on Pearly. It was. Her her full name is? Um, her full name is Repose Ranch Tiny Pearl Lily. And I think yes. that really fits her personality. Oh, my word. <laughs> she's quite spoiled. But she she's is. a good girl. And so um, just, you know, we miss Tiger. We but do. she's always in our hearts. And she gave us many, many good days. There mm-hmm. wasn't a day that went by that. You know, if dad came home from a hard day of work, work, (laughs) right, he always said coming home over to the farm from Seattle was always like coming to another country. And Mm -hmm. if he needed a hug or to feel better, he'd go see Tiger. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She was always up for some good lovin'. She was. And she just, um, she really, Tiger maybe had one bad day in her life. Um, they were such cute yeah. little girls. <laughs> and maybe we should backtrack a little bit, but that that kind of brings everyone up to date on what's happening mm-hmm. with the goats. Um, you have a geriatric herd. I do. What does that mean? Well, that just means that they are, uh, they are in their older years and they are retired, basically from uh, milking, kidding, um, and breeding. All the things. Um, yeah, all the things. They Except are just... for grazing the pasture. They're retired. They're <laughs> out <right>. to pasture. <laughs> they are out living their best lives. <laughs> they are. And so with that said, mm-hmm. while we really miss her, that kind of brings um, everything current with the dairy goats. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a sad thing for us, it's also really 
the most treasured uh, time of our lives to get to raise these animals and spend the time with them. It really is. And we, um, you know, when they come to the end of their life, we really try to dwell on the good times and the wonderful times that we have had with them. Because there are many. I mean, (laughs) there are. There's never a bad day with these girls. Mm -hmm. They're just that special. And they gave us a lot of wonderful milk. And we can talk all about that. But that's just uh, to answer your question and bring everyone up to date on the dairy goat side of things. Yes. Um, Another uh, part of what we do here on the farm is we've always had a farm dog. Mm -hmm. And so um, today... (laughs) <laughs> we are the first time in 27 years or so without a dog. Yeah, that yeah. that's kind of weird. But Well, it's more, I think we're all kind of um, feeling a little down. <laughs> <laughs> that might be an understatement. Yeah. But um, if any of you saw our post on Repose Ranch on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, we uh, recently found out that our therapy dog that we had for seizure detection for Mm -hmm. a family member for uh, probably about what was a short period of time. Right. He was our last dog that uh, we probably probably will ever have. Right. And um, we named him Macaroni, although dad had a fancy (laughs) name for his registered lab. And he was trained to uh, detect seizures and help that individual get to the ground and make sure that they didn't fall and hurt themselves if something Mm -hmm. like that was going on. And um, he never did stop doing that, did he? No, he was really excellent at what he did. Mm -hmm. And um, once a service dog, always a service dog. He never, he never stopped doing that. He never stopped trying to be that service dog to us. Right. He did. He wanted to, he wanted to, uh, Always check on everyone, mm-hmm. always sniffed to make sure everyone was fine, <laughs> and that was at your elbow. And then he, uh, he, um, you know, he'd realize we were fine, and he'd go about his happy way. <laughs> well, and, you know, if anyone was sad, I remember, um, I guess what we should say is we lost him the we day did. before Easter, and we'll explain we all of that. But the reason we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, him and what he did, he did so much for our family. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day that I was overly stressed for some reason. And um, I was telling a friend, you know, I don't know why I'm ever this stressed. (laughs) But I remember him coming and sitting by me, just sitting there. And he did this for you many times. Mm -hmm. He did this for dad. Um, In his older years, he, like you said, he never quit being a therapy dog. And we used to laugh and pet him and say, Roni, we need some therapies, (laughs) you know, and he'd come over. But this time he came over and sat by me. And I remember as I touched him on the head and I just began to pet him, we looked at my watch and my blood pressure instantly went down. I was instantly calm. And he just had that really wonderful calming effect on everyone. But the strangest thing is, is uh, Macaroni developed a brain tumor unbeknownst Mm -hmm. to us and he began having seizures. And we at first did not know that he was actually having a seizure. But uh, you did a little research and said, you know what, I think this is what this is when we actually saw it happen. Well, yeah. I mean, we didn't know um, at first that that is what he had um, going on. But... um, well, we had been hearing things, right? And he he preferred to sleep in his kennel at night. He had mm-hmm. the ability to stay out, but he wanted to go in, and we were hearing some knocking around. And so one or the other of us would get up and uh, come to find out one day, um, the day before, a couple days before Easter mm-hmm. this past month, I was sitting by him knitting. And he wanted to go in for a nap, and I tried to pull him out and tell him to come out. He didn't need to go <laughs> he to bed. Need to go in. <laughs> yeah, but you know, once they want their man cave, there's really nothing you can yeah. <laughs> do. And so he was that kind of dog when he needed a rest from everything, he'd go in. Yeah. And I was sitting by that kennel, and all of a sudden, um, he was up on his feet, banging from side to side, and eventually went over on his head. And they will do a thing called um, uh, fly biting. Right. Like he was nipping at a fly on his foot. And I thought, what in the world is going on with him? So because it went on for so long, and uh, I think this was about five minutes on this one. It went on about five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was a tremendous um, 
thrashing and yes, it in was, his kennel. It was very traumatic, and I immediately got up and opened the door and called to you. We tried to pull him out, and when he started to, um, after he had gone over on his head and he, he realized possibly, I don't know if he did, but mm-hmm. it may have been that he realized we were calling to him and trying to pull him out of the kennel. Right. Um, once we got him out and he came towards you, he kept falling into the furniture and falling to his left side. It looked like he, he couldn't, couldn't see out of his left eye. Right. He couldn't see and he couldn't stand up. Right. He lost the use of his back legs. And so I went, okay, what is going on here? It didn't even occur to me that he was having a seizure, although right. I have seen them. I I just was in so much shock at what right. I was seeing. It was very traumatic. And so he, um, uh, I called dad and told him what was happening. And I said, we need to get him to the vet. So he was... Um, about an hour away right? and on his way home. And it took about an hour for that whole time for this whole episode to completely, almost completely clear up. Uh-huh. He never did quit leaning to the side and he had very, uh, a very, a very difficult time walking, but he was pretty, um, he was pretty upset afterwards. He was grumpy. He was ripping a piece of cardboard, just angry. Well, he was all, mad. All of these things, we didn't know for sure that this was, seizure activity and so and post seizure and so uh, we took him to the emergency vet and they put him on a seizure medication that Mm -hmm. is for also for humans and as we read everything uh, that they gave us Roni was really a textbook case he was exactly what was on that paper yeah and they said if he has a breakthrough on this medication a breakthrough seizure and it doesn't stop it uh, you need to bring him back. We'll see what we want to do. If we want to give him an extra dose, an extra medication, mm-hmm. what do we want to do? Well, within 24 hours the next day, the Saturday before Easter, uh, Dad actually witnessed the next seizure. It was a breakthrough seizure. It was. And this time he was out of the kennel, but he had been trying to walk to me, and he started crying, and I knew something was wrong. Right. And I put my hands out to him to come to me, and he tried, and he kept falling. His back legs were not functional mm-hmm. again. When your dad got him laid down, right? he um, he did have a seizure there on the pillow. He did. And uh, this time, it only lasted about a minute. It was not as violent, but we were heartbroken. Yeah. Absolutely heartbroken. We were just, we just felt so bad for him. So we took him back to the vet, and... They really had have no recourse for them but to keep them on some form of medication. They can continue to go through seizures. They can be very painful. And he cried a lot, just could not quit crying. And I just, you know, held him and held him and held him. We were really heartbroken for what he was going through. And um, he cried a lot and was very distressed. And it was hard Mm -hmm. to really watch, watch him go through that. I mean, it just is so... It was so unfair to such a loving dog. I don't think any dog deserves to go through that or any human either. Um, We wouldn't wish it on anyone. And so after a brief discussion with the vet, um, and Roni was angry and not himself, which can happen. He actually lashed out at you even, which is not him at all. He never in his whole 10 years never lashed out at anyone. I think it had a lot to do with that you had a muzzle in your hand that wasn't his (laughs) and it had a lot to do with um, the nurse wanting a different muzzle on him so he could smell that different thing and was reacting. But the fact that he was reacting at all just was not normal. And so dad made the very painful decision uh, to let him go and to put him down just because it was the merciful thing to do for the dog. It was. It mm-hmm. was. Um, it was really out of our, out of anything that anybody could do at that point. Mm-hmm. And it was. Um, it was too. It was too difficult to watch Roni and go through that and, and to suffer. Know that he was suffering that way. Well, and he was suffering, and he. Uh, you could tell that he couldn't see out of his uh, left eye. Right. And also, you could feel the swelling in the left side of the brain. Mm-hmm. And the vet had told us that they can get, their brain can really heat up and it can cause a lot of problems. Right. So to be merciful to our macaroni and to dad, yeah. we went ahead and um, put him down. But we have so many treasured, treasured memories of uh, all the things that Mac did for us as a family. 
<laughs> we mm-hmm. sure do. It, we, mm-hmm. He was really, um, he was really a special dog in his own in his own right. way. He was, um, he was faithful and loyal, and um, really took care of us. Mm-hmm. You know when we needed it most. And you know one of the cutest things about Mac was he had a really special relationship with the goats. Although he, I would say he was a <laughs> terrible farm dog. He, <laughs> he was. <laughs> He wanted, you know, all he wanted to do was play, and he wasn't really a terrible farm dog, but, you know, his main thing was getting into the horse manure or oh, yes. a bucket full Gross. of horse manure water, and we had to take him in one time for Giardia. And <laughs> he was a grubber. He, he would get into anything was. that was gross and anything that was not good for right. him. And so, you know, and on the when it came to the gardens and you would grow pumpkins, he would try to steal those pumpkins from the goats. He oh, would be, man. He I think loved, that's... <laughs> he loved I think that was one of my favorite memories. He, um, <laughs> I had, op- I had cracked open this pumpkin and, um, it was towards the end of them being able to be, uh, eaten or used right. for anything. And you know what? These were not ones that we grew. We had purchased them at a store this time. Right. And so they had, this one was on its, like it was past its, its end. It was. I thought, well, I'm going to crack it open and see if the goats can eat it. Well, it was gross and. It had mold on the inside. Yeah. So I decided to take it down to the compost bin. I thought, well, I'll just stick it in there. Well, he, he was, was so <laughs> mad. He, he was so that. mad at me <laughs> that he bolted when I came back, he yeah. bolted through the gate and ran down to the compost bin and is jumping around the compost bin. In the manure. (laughs) (laughs) Goes and retrieves the pumpkin out of the compost bin. And I'm like, no, that is so (laughs) gross. But he wanted it. And the the other time, didn't he steal one from Vela or from Iris? Oh, from Crystal. Oh, oh, well, this was the wrong thing to do if you know Crystal. (laughs) He just... She um, gave him a good wallop for it, too. Yeah. He was fine. But she, you know, you don't steal from Crystal. No. That was her (laughs) pumpkin. But he wanted it. He really wanted it. that was a whole other incident. (laughs) But, you know, we've we've had dogs, like we said, for more than 27 years. And... We had one who loved raw sweet potatoes. Yes. He was really cute. He was a good dog. He was. He was lab and golden retriever mix. And um, he was a really great dog. But uh, a lot of times they will um, have an affinity for a certain food. Mm -hmm. And his was raw sweet potatoes. For Roni, his was raw pumpkin. Oh, he just loved it. He couldn't get enough. He loved it. So those are some fun stories about him and (laughs) and some times that we really enjoyed. But I think one of the most precious stories is when we got him, uh, we had little girls, little goat girls born. We did, yeah. On the farm that year. And he was maybe, I don't know, four or five months at the Mm -hmm. time. And so uh, when Crystal and Vela were born, little Vela, yes. she, her name is Avella Blossom. Yes. <laughs> and she was She's born She's a to, princess. She is. She was born to Hazel. Uh-huh. And so Hazel's line has a whole line of girls named after her in various forms mm-hmm. um, regarding the hazelnut or the hazelnut tree. Yes. So that's where Vela got her name. And she was a spoiled baby. When she cried, she sounded just like a baby crying. Oh, yes. And she always, to this day, she has that baby cry. Right. And she never grew she up. now? Nine? Yeah, she's yeah, going to she be nine. N- she has never grown up. And so it's really funny, but uh, we have had the goats in the house uh, after they're born to bottle feed them. And they, <laughs> yep. um, that's a whole other story. But every time Vela would cry, here would come Roni. Oh, he would <laughs> run to her box or we had him in a dog kennel for some time. For a short period of time. They, towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. And he would run to go see her. Well, she'd stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and we only had them in there to for overnight. Yeah. And then for um, for naps. Because, of course, you can't have goats at that age running all over the house. Uh, right. But um, it, it just was the cutest little relationship. And when we had to put them outside... Um, Oh, they were hurt. They were so hurt to go to their stall. They had their own personal little stall. And um, they didn't understand why we weren't coming to get them. And why Roni wasn't coming to run and Every time she cried. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But for the rest of her life, if Bella cried, here comes Roni. You know, especially if he was outside. (laughs) And he would throw his ball at her feet and she'd just say, you know, we don't play ball, Roni. <laughs> we don't play ball. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it was really, really cute, though, their little friendship. But um, when we did, 
eventually put them all into their stalls outdoors. I remember the night we did that. Not only were Crystal and Bella very hurt, and maybe what, how old were they? Two months at that yeah. time? Yeah. I remember little Millie. We can talk oh, about Millie another yes. time, but she came running with Bella's blanket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had this fleece blanket that we'd go um, pick them up and we'd bring them in, you know, to help shield them from the cold and, right. uh, you know, just to snuggle them up in. And Millie brought the blanket. She brought it to me and she's like, aren't we going to go get Crystal and Bella? Oh, she, she was crying. <laughs> and so really all of these little animals, they form such a bond. They do. And so uh, Mac and Millie both um, took care of those little mm-hmm. goat girls. And I remember Millie getting into their buckets every morning. She couldn't wait to wake <laughs> them up. And, she didn't. Yeah. She didn't wait. As soon as she heard us making bottles yeah. for them in the morning, she would jump into their bucket and want to kiss them all over their face. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they just were really sweet. And it's they were. such um, an amazing experience and, and an amazing that, Dogs, goats, cats, mm-hmm. all of them got along. They did. And they really did. We never ceased to be in awe of that, that it was such a happy little world, you know. So, much so to lose them, you know, it doesn't rock your world, but that sense of loss is really there um, because all of those happy little moments, we know we're not going to see them again. We're not yeah. going to be able to pet them again or give them a hug. No. And each one of these animals um, were very cuddly, very responsive, and had their own way of communicating. And even Tiger, um, she talked like her dad, but they would try to talk to us. And yeah, they would. Yeah, we always called Dad Noah. <laughs> 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 and told him he was uh, he had a zoo. Yep. And so to him, he's really an animal lover. Mm-hmm. This has been a really hard time on your dad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that is, um, those are the sad stories on the farm. Um, <laughs> and we're just sharing them because if any of you are going through the loss of a loved one or a pet, I want you to know that um, you're not alone. And we understand no. the grief involved in that and how hard it is to recover. I remember being on Facebook and Dad saying, quit, quit looking at the dogs <laughs> after Roni was gone. And um, it was equally as hard to lose Millie. But we we are at a different time of our lives on the farm, a different mm-hmm. time of our lives, period. And um, so it's going to be really interesting to see if we ever do get another dog right now. The answer is no. We, yeah. we are, our hearts are full. We Very are so satisfied so. with what we've been able to do with the farm. And so with all of that said, that those are the sad parts, but we are actually celebrating our 25th year of Repose we Ranch. We are. And yeah. that is so, so great. I mean... Like you were asking me earlier, mm-hmm. you know, did I ever think that it, you know, we'd be, you know, having a farm and doing all of this? And mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't. And it's amazing to look back on that, you know, 25 years ago yes, is when the farm started. And, it, and it's just awesome. Well, we're so thankful to have it. And we have a lot more stories to share, a lot more good things. Yes. Um, but to bring everybody uh, current and we can talk about um, how we started and all the things in our 25-year celebration. Um, it's just that, you know, these are things that tripped us up a little bit, and we had to take a little time away to yeah. um, collect our thoughts and recover. For and sure. <laughs> yeah. Collecting our thoughts is yeah. a good good way to say that. Sure, sure, because like we said, it's not earth-shattering, but it definitely is... Um, something that we wish we weren't going through. And so one thing that really helped dad was he said, you know what, I need to get my mind off of this because he was really having a hard time. He said, I'm just going to go graft trees. Mm -hmm. And um, he was almost at the end of grafting. But um, one thing, we had a lot of loss last year with um, part of our 18-year-old orchard, some of our raspberries. We've had some... um, uh, odd to us weather right. that created some problems for a lot of growers around the state. And we've heard a lot of feedback about mm-hmm. this. And so you and dad um, have been grafting a lot of trees and he did a podcast on that. We were really proud of him. Yes, he did. And we we spent many, many a day or many a night mm-hmm. uh, after work grafting and right. um, 
taking care of, uh, you know, what we want to replenish our orchard with. Right. And that has been amazing. So how that started, dad talked about it and touched on it in his podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, he said um, that, you know, he'd been talking with people at our local fruit club. And what happened is we started going through something. And so I called the master gardeners uh-huh. and uh, I got a call back from a husband of one of the master gardeners who said, you guys need to go to the fruit show. Right. And this is the show in the fall where they are actually um, showing over 500 uh, over varieties. Over 500 varieties of, of apples. Uh, yeah, of just apples. Right. And it's just, it's in, it's incredible. Well, it's probably the greatest thing dad could have ever done. And so I called him and I said, well, I've heard back finally from Master Gardeners. Yeah. And it was a husband to one of the ladies. And he said, you really need to stop in. And he was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I said, hun, just do it. Just find out. I mean, it could be something good. If it's not, you don't have to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he stayed. <laughs> he did, and he actually joined. <laughs> yeah, he joined that day because these people were so wonderful and so helpful, mm-hmm. and many of them had such knowledge as Dad described. And so this has been the greatest thing that could have ever happened to our farm and orchard. Absolutely. Um, you know, you and I handle a lot of the garden side of things mm-hmm. and the, definitely the dairy goats, but this um, put Dad in a position to replenish the orchard in ways we never thought imaginable. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am I am amazed at the varieties that we've been mm-hmm. able to choose from and be able to going to be able to experience that one of these days. I'm excited Isn't that for awesome? the candy cane orchard. <laughs> that part of the orchard is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> but there are others as well. Um, I don't know if any of you out there are familiar with Edder apples, but I am an Edder apple fan. It, so am I. Mm-hmm. And I'm. he was really, um, really interesting in his take on apples mm-hmm. and what he wanted to do with them. And I know there's not a lot of information out there on the internet, but what there is Oh, we have there, just been able to yeah. glean so much. Um, there's one more lady from the club that we need to talk to about the Edder apples. Yes. But um, that's a whole another podcast in itself. Mm-hmm. So dad sat down and said, you know, this is what is available. He studied hours about rootstock, <laughs> about scion, and about what would work in our soils. Mm-hmm. He studied soils. Um, it was almost like he had a, a fast-track college education all of a sudden. Pretty much. I mm-hmm. mean, it, joining the Fruit Club really opened up a whole new world of um, discovery for Dad and for us. For both, for all of us. We and, and a whole new group of friends that have been so fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> but um, the one thing is dad did a lot on his own. He studied mm-hmm. day and night. I mean, I felt like we were in class for hours, yep. but it was so worth it. And like you mentioned on the podcast that you did with dad, uh-huh. um, m- uh, my grandfather on my mother's side had um, large orchard, large trees for many years, apple and peach in Oregon, in mm-hmm. Mountain Free Water, Oregon. And um, I remember as a little girl being afraid <laughs> to climb those trees, but they'd yes. say, you know, if you wanted an apple, you go out and climb the tree and get Absolutely. the apple. And so I'd go out and climb those ladders. Well, eventually, um, Grandpa, this is my favorite <laughs> story ever as a little girl. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> but I would, um, he had a little uh, apple tree out, a small baby out in his front yard and it was producing some little green apples which were my favorite yes the green apples yeah the green um and golden delicious but on the tart side not quite right right so i would stand there and pick those apples while i'm standing (laughs) in the driveway waiting for my parents to get us in the car and he'd come out to the door and start yelling you quit eating that and i would look at him like well, wait a minute. I've never been told not to eat apples before. Right. So I'd pick another one right in front of him and start munching. He said, I told you, you quit eating those apples. And uh, and I would say no. And he'd say, you are going to get a tummy trying to get me to stop, you know. Right. And grandma would come to the door then and say, you leave her alone. And they were the sweetest grandparents. We always so say, great. all of us, we always say, don't we? We had the greatest yes. grandparents in the world on both sides. And um, we were, like Dad said, raised in agriculture. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, those are funny stories. But Grandpa lived to be 104. And 
I, it must have had to do something with those apples. I'm certain it had to do with <laughs> apples, but I am also certain it had to do with the Lord giving him longevity. Yes, of course. Yes. So anyway, um, that's where our whole agriculture and uh, apple orchards and even uh, sheep and cattle and um and conifer trees. You're going to find that we do a little bit of everything, but we mm-hmm. grew up with that from the time I was three. Yes. And then we'll be able to talk later, too, about what you decided from the time you were three. You <laughs> Absolutely. Know, what you uh, decided you'd be doing with your life. Mm-hmm. That all started at three years old. So it sure did. Um, well, we really appreciate um, being able to be in this industry. I have to say the, the biggest thing and the biggest turnaround was when Dad decided I am going to graft, and we just couldn't get enough. And I think we, um, you said we have over now 33-some varieties. We have, um, we grafted over 38 trees. That's correct. This year. And then we mm-hmm. have over 54 varieties. That's right. I haven't done my final tally yet on mm-hmm. on my Excel sheet, but right. um, we'll get to that here soon. Right. So you'll hear more all about the orchard mm-hmm. from Paul, my husband, and your dad. Yes. And he'll be doing more podcasts as he goes through the process of um, replenishing and taking care of the orchard this year. Absolutely. For you and me, we'll be talking about our um, 25th anniversary plans. We'll be talking mm-hmm. about the animals, the garden. The garden is going to be huge this year. And it's going to be a big deal. It's something mm-hmm. that um, we really wanted to do was grow a big garden mm-hmm. and um, bigger and we've, than we've done before. Yes, we've had gardens in the past, but you also have some really um, unique varieties. I am looking mm-hmm. forward to pink squash. Oh, man. I think mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to our red pumpkins. Yes. Like that is going to mm-hmm. be really awesome. There will be red, white, blue, and orange pumpkins. <laughs> yes. Lord willing, we're <laughs> hoping. And then the other thing I'm looking forward to, um, this is weird. What's that? The black Spanish radishes. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I want to know how those taste. I do too. Really. They're black on the outside and pure white on the inside mm-hmm. and they are cool looking. They really mm-hmm. are. But they're a little weird too, all the same. <laughs> <laughs> when I looked at that at first, I went, hmm, <laughs> do I really want to grow that? You know, but do I really want to eat that? Yeah. And so those are some things that'll be happening in the fall. Absolutely. But, so the farm and the garden, the trees, um, we've got over 4,000 conifers Mm -hmm. um, that we take care of in another uh, location. And um, we don't only take care of them, we own them. Yes. But something that I love and is so near and dear to my heart, because those were my (laughs) most treasured memories with my mom. Absolutely. um, When we were going up the mountain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Going up the mountain. Right. We've told some of that story before. But as an overall, this is what's going on on the farm. Life and the cycle of life and loss, but also replenishing. And Mm -hmm. um, also let's talk about what we um, picked up uh, this year and something we're going to start uh, new for the berry patch. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Um, Well, Dad has just um, immersed himself in the nursery business and fruit, Mm -hmm. especially. And he got to talking with Mr. Dolan of Burnt Ridge. Yes. And looked at their catalog, and he ordered some trees. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he ordered scion from him or not. No, um, he ordered scion wood from uh, uh, just from the local the local clubs but he got oh, some and I think he got some uh, trees and uh, rootstock from New York a nursery yes. in New York uh-huh. but we have to say it has been such a pleasure to work with Burnt Ridge yes um, it has. they are in Washington State and Mr. Dolan is a plethora of amazing knowledge he's yes. and besides that he's so personal and fr- personable and friendly mm-hmm. and if you don't know who we're talking about you need to look up burnt ridge nursery on youtube yes. and mr dolan does a lot of his own uh, videos but he and his staff were recently at the olympia farmers market which is phenomenal in its own right oh it is mm-hmm. yeah We'll have to go back and tour that some more. Right. And so um, they, what they do is they will bring, because they're a bit remote, not really, but I mean, we want to go to their nursery too, but to make it a short trip, 
Dad mm-hmm. had a pickup scheduled for his items at the Olympia Farmer's Market where right. Mr. Dolan and his team bring the Burnt Ridge items that people have bought. Uh-huh. And then they also bring a lot of plants and things for people to buy. Yes, they do. And so your dad ordered trees, more trees. Mm-hmm. More apple what, trees. Yeah, <laughs> besides what he was grafting. And we'll let him share all about that. And uh, he also, I uh, wanted to do some special things for him this year. Um, in the berry patch, yes, because he is uh, Scandinavian, uh-huh. and lingonberries and currants are a big thing there. They are, and so um, to have our own was such an amazing um, opportunity. And, Absolutely, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know we could have our own here. Well, I knew we could have currants, but I didn't know we could have the lingonberries. Right. And so, a dear friend uh, gifted us a lingonberry plant. Yes, and then we got the rest from. Mr. Dolan uh-huh. and his team. And uh, one of the other things um, we got from Burnt Ridge was Logan Berries. Yes, I am looking forward to trying that. Right. Um, I will explain a little bit about Logan Berries, mm-hmm. but they do everything. And uh, Dad got to meet Mr. Dolan yes. finally after talking with him on the phone and got to meet him at the Olympia Farmer's Market. And Dad said he was just the most personable guy, so friendly mm-hmm. and full of knowledge. And we had some questions about elderberry. Yes. And uh, he just took the time with Dad, even though he was just inundated on every side with customers, he took the time to explain to him what was edible. Yes, he and, did. And what he does in cold season. And, <laughs> you know, and dad just loves the old timers so much. He loves mm-hmm. their knowledge and loves to listen to them talk. And, um, you know, it's really awesome being able to glean from that knowledge and be mm-hmm. able to pass it on down to the next generations because, um, you know, that is the only way we are going to learn or understand how to continue maintaining and growing these plants. Well, these people are better than the internet. Their knowledge that they have, their life experience is better Mm -hmm. than anything you can find on the internet. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think that's why dad got along with great grandpa so well, with both (laughs) great grandfathers. He just loved them and Mm -hmm. loved spending the time and listening to their old stories. And um, so, you know, that's a story for another day, but we want to thank Mr. Dolan and his very, very friendly team. Um, they just were so polite, and we want to thank Burnt Ridge Nursery for everything they did for us to help yes. us along our pathway Absolutely. to reestablishing our orchard mm-hmm. and the berries. And so, yeah, um, I know that your grandmother puts currants in her vetebola. Yes. Don't know if I'm saying that right. I do speak a little Norwegian and it's mostly food. (laughs) We always say. We we could eat in Norway. We could eat anywhere in the world because I tend to, in all these foreign languages, know all the food items first. So we could get coffee and and berries and treats. We we can eat pretty good. We would do do okay. But anyway, so the currants, I really wanted to have that for dad and I wanted to have Mm -hmm. the lingam berries yes because um, it's just a part of his Scandinavian heritage and I wanted to grow that for mm-hmm. him so he bought a couple of current plants black currants yes he did they are beautiful all of the plants from Burnt Ridge were really really beautiful really beautiful and really mature yeah um, already and mm-hmm. are very healthy right so we're looking forward to going down one more time at least probably more <laughs> and actually visiting the nursery when they have that open if they do this year and so thank you to Burnt Ridge Mr. Dolan and your team you all were fabulous and we yes. appreciate all of them um, the other thing that dad bought was a Loganberry. Yes. And so you've grown up hearing mm-hmm. the stories of the Loganberry and why we love it so much. Yes. we. I I know that um, uh, there was a secret recipe oh my. for a certain steak that you mm-hmm. guys loved to, to go have. And um, well, um, what happened is dad and I grew up mm-hmm. in church. Right. And he uh, grew up at one specific church his whole life. And um, anyway, my dad, for a time after pastoring and a time of, I would guess, sort of respite and recovering, uh-huh. um, he was working at the church camp owned by the church that where your dad was raised. Right. And uh, every year, 
and I don't know if they only did this when my dad was there or not. I would have to ask your dad about that. Yeah. But I don't know if all of you have ever heard of Gene Emery Stakes. This is a mm-hmm. long time ago. And he used a Loganberry wine as part of the marinade. And maybe I shouldn't be saying that because <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of people might say, oh, no. But it was all cooked out. It was a marinade. Yes. But the flavor. Okay, let's get to that part. He had oh, the a, flavor was so yeah, good. Yeah, the, the marinade was fabulous. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to re... Um, we wanted to make that recipe for you girls, mm-hmm. and we could never find the wine. And it looks like even the production has been shut down or slowed on Whidbey Island because this is where most of the uh, Loganberry wine was coming from right? in our area. And so mostly I think we plan to eat the berries and make vinegars and things like that Yes, because you can do a really nice marinade with a fruit vinegar as uh-huh. well. Absolutely. And I don't know, but our family just loves fruit at any time. And fruit and meat go together. Yeah, we often will have fruit with dinner and, mm-hmm. um, you know, or really any time of day. But Well, Thanksgiving, um, we're big on all the dried fruits that go into everything we make. Yes. It goes so well with the turkey. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but this is one recipe that the flavor of that marinade it was dad's favorite steak and so when gene emery would come (laughs) (laughs) the lines were out the door and uh we just enjoyed having him my dad and the camp uh he was the head guy the guy who took care of everything (laughs) they just loved gene and he loved coming with his big huge uh barbecue and he'd barbecue all the steaks and um somehow he, my dad formed a special relationship with Gene, mm-hmm. and Gene gave him his marinade, which that is like, if you got Gene's That's marinade, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so we always have wanted to have Loganberries mm-hmm. because they're very difficult to get um, on on Whidbey Island anymore. Yeah. And so um, that's something that was really a fun thing. I really wanted dad to have that. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to trying a, a Loganberry a real for the Logan first Berry. time. Okay, so this is a cross, I believe, and Dad, or you can correct me or uh-huh. anybody if you're hearing this, um, if you think I'm wrong, but I believe it is a cross between a raspberry and a blackberry. It is, yeah. But they are their own fruit. Right. And they're, they uh, are very popular at one location on Whidbey Island. They're, um, but uh-huh. I don't know what has happened to that particular I think um, I think probably COVID, like a lot of um, right. a lot of businesses, it hit them really hard. Right. And it seems like the county maybe took over there or something. Yeah. But fabulous fruits. Yes. I mean, we just love it, <laughs> and we could not believe that Mr. Dolan had Mr. Dolan has everything. I think we'd buy one of I everything know. if we could. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Dad, um, when he got home from that whole day, uh, you helped him plant the apple trees. And yes. we'll let him share all about that. And you planted all the berries. Mm-hmm. And we're excited. We're excited about we how are very excited. the farm is taking shape and all of the great food we're going to be able to produce. And even though the dairy goats are a geriatric herd, um, nothing says that we won't do that in the future. Absolutely. Right. You know, and they are still very much an integral part of what we do. Uh, yes. They are our source for uh, excellent compost uh, to fertilize our gardens wow. and trees. Do they ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, they are, you know, what helps us keep mm-hmm. everything mowed. And You have the most beautiful pasture in the valley. <laughs> and you get a lot of compliments <laughs> on that. You and Dad do, do a lot of seeding and taking care mm-hmm. of the pasture, and the goats do the rest. They sure do. Yeah. And um, and God sends the rain. Absolutely. <laughs> and the sun. <laughs> and the sun. And so now they're, um, they are getting to... Uh, we just had a really long stretch of a lot of rain just about every mm-hmm. single day and for the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. so um, it's just starting to turn the weather. So mm-hmm. there's getting to go out and go graze full time mm-hmm. on their seeded pasture. We seeded with uh, orchard grass and timothy. Right. And the orchard grass helps provide um, um, more, not only the, nu- the nutrition mm-hmm. in the orchard grass, mm-hmm. but it will help uh, rebuild the sod of the pasture. Right. Well, and it's this has been, uh, we've been doing... 
the receding now for about four years. And we'll talk about that in another podcast because yeah. that's a lot of information. A lot of that details there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does look beautiful. And the goats love it. Mm-hmm. And the when it really starts to come in, it smells so sweet. Oh, they mm-hmm. love it when it gets really sweet. And so mm-hmm. they're going to get to graze on that um, mm-hmm. all summer long. And You know, your dad sent me an article today uh-huh. that said um, the month of March was the coldest on record for the Pacific Northwest. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And that the rest of the country was enduring a couple uh, degrees higher temperatures than the norm. Mm. We were colder. And it was a really good article. Um, and it's true. We have still been in storms. We've had hail. We've still had a lot of rain and wind. And to me, this is pretty normal for April. We know that we can get our last frost even into the first week of June. Right. So we got to get those frost covers and absolutely all the things. But still, all the work is going on. And mm-hmm. you... We do the best that we can, and it's really, even though we've been through some loss and some times of grieving, um, the farm work goes on, and it's a part of it, unfortunately. And while we miss them, they're in our hearts, and we're still working hard to, um, we're still working hard to make this a great place, a beautiful place. And so my thing is kind of the berries nutrition Mm -hmm. and all the ornamentals dad really has gotten in there with all the fruit trees and we all help where we're needed yes you know and you take have taken stellar care of your goats all these years and so um if anyone would like to know more about us you certainly can follow us on instagram at at repose ranch and we have a website that you designed a long time ago when you first started coding. <laughs> I and, did. Um, so uh, you can take a look at our website at www.reposeranch.us. Okay, and that is R E P like Paul O S like Sam E, like restful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so repose ranch, all one word, lowercase. Yeah, and you can go see, um, even there's a photo gallery on there too. You can see yeah. some of our previous uh, previous babies and mm-hmm. um, enjoy all of that, uh, every aspect of um, what we did there for the goats. And mm-hmm. um, you can see our cheese making when yes. we were milking. Um, and we'll just explain all of that on another podcast. But this is the overview of where we are now. And mm-hmm. after 25 years, we have come so far and oh, we'll boy. share <laughs> how we started and and um, but we really wanted to catch you all up to date. Um, I keep telling you we are UTD people. <laughs> we are. <laughs> We're up to date on so many things finally. <laughs> uh, no it feels great to be caught up and I think every every farmer and gardener feels that way when spring arrives mm-hmm. and you start getting caught up on everything. It feels really good. Well I think for us we really um, we go through that period of the winter where there's a lot of winter cleanup and uh-huh. by January we are ready to start um, getting seeds planted at least. Um, we don't have our greenhouse set up yet. Right. But um, we went through some things from January till now and went through some very tragic loss and uh, in addition to, to our own um, animals. Right. And so our family um, has been overcoming some hurdles. And For sure. Um, you know, one of the things that like Dad said, this is therapy to me, and I really need to get my mind off of it. And mm-hmm. getting out there and taking care of the trees or grafting more trees and yes. being able to go down um, and meet Mr. Dolan and mm-hmm. uh, see that farmer's market. I would say the Olympia, mm-hmm. um, the city of Olympia in Washington is our capital city of it the is. state of Washington. They have a phenomenal um, farmer's market. It is akin to the Pike Place Market, <laughs> which is world famous. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. and it draws, um, the Olympia Farmer's Market draws um, farmers and uh, mm-hmm. growers and mm-hmm. of all different, all kinds and right. from all over the state. So we'll be featuring other farms and what all of you do out there in ag. Uh-huh. But today we just wanted to um, give an overview of what we're doing. This is by no means um all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just a small taste of what we've got going on right now right. on the farm. And the fun that we're having and um, so thankful to have this farm because it always has been um, 
a precious thing to us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and to um, not only feed ourselves, but feed the world. We've got some stories about um, <laughs> uh, some of the times that we were able to share our harvests and yes. what, what that meant to us. We've um, got a lot of friends in the industry that they do giving gardens. They help with the local schools. Mm-hmm. They help with the elderly. And it's just um, such an honor to be able to have this farm and it really is it's um it really is an honor to be to be a farmer it is it is i'd like to thank all of you for joining us today on this episode of the farm girl life podcast if you haven't already be sure to follow us on instagram at farm girl life podcast And be sure to hit that subscribe and follow button so you don't miss out on updates about future episodes. You can also check out our sister podcast, the Repose Ranch Podcast, streaming now wherever podcasts are available. See you next time.